Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Megan. And I am Tyler. If you didn't hear, we got somebody to say our name. Yeah. Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Yeah, we're super excited about that. We got an awesome voice actress uh, who was nice enough to do a couple uh, little voiceover jobs for us. And yeah. We're really excited about how they turned out. Yeah, I'm so stoked. Absolutely. So we're excited for those. Uh, As Megan said, she is Megan. I am. And as I said, I'm Tyler. He is. Um, Can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we're Whiskey and Wonder, where we drink whiskey and try to teach our palates. Uh, We're teaching our palates and, and teaching ourselves some Good old stuff about the world. Yeah. And I got a doozy of a topic for you today, let me tell you. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I've been excited since you texted me the other day. I was like, I really like this. I was about to say, I don't even remember what I texted you. I've been so immersed in what I've been doing, so. All right. I am quite excited. All right. Well, hopefully it'll be a good one. So I think uh, we're going to continue. If you were with us last week, um, you heard us struggle through our first ever Flaviar sample from the actual, not the, from the vials. We had the fifth uh, previously, but these are the actual samples they send you to taste, and we struggled through that first one. Oh, that, that was me picking the first one we drank, and now I told Tyler I'm not doing that again. (laughs) Yeah, so if today's sucks, it's on me. Um, So what do we got here? So today we are drinking few... Uh, which is the name of the company, Few, F-E-W, Rye Whiskey. Few is a small company that started in Evanston, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago, which happened to be the home of the temperance movement in America. What is the temperance movement? Do you know? Uh, when you think of like women's Christian temperance movement, so prohibition. Um, the no fun party. Yeah, the no fun party. Moms against marijuana. What is that? Something. Ma'am. Mao. Mad. Mothers Mad. against drunk driving. That one. <laughs> I mean, this is coming from the woman who signs <laughs> off with don't drink and drive. I mean, yes. Um, okay, so. Sorry, I just threw her for a loop there. Yeah, you did. I couldn't remember what they were called. I thought they were moms against marijuana, but that's not. Ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> That's apparently not what it is. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> this is the sign of the uh the site of the temperance movement. Um, and ironically, the company, um, thinking they were quite funny, named themselves Few after the president of the Women's Christian Temperance Movement, Frances E. Willard. She probably wouldn't think that's very funny that a whiskey company named themselves after her, but I think it's freaking hysterical. So way to go. Few spirits. Yeah. Um, They are one of the few uh, companies that go straight from grain to barrel. So everything they do in house, they um, mash everything and distill everything and bottle everything in the one building at their own location. So that's pretty nifty. Um, they started in 2011. So they're still a fairly new company. Um, 
and hopefully we uh will enjoy them and give them some uh yummies absolutely and so while megan was doing that you may have heard me clinking around in the background with some glasses i just uh poured us each a finger um so hopefully we're we're going to uh enjoy this one um spoiler alert if you haven't listened to last one's last week's yeah <laughs> rough all right i'm gonna smell it and all right. yep. I'm, I'm gonna pull something up on the computer real quick while you smell it and okay. then i'm gonna smell it are you gonna do the thing oh yeah that's right the you're thing. supposed to do I'm, the thing i am supposed to do the thing uh this is one of our new things guys opening the bottle oh that was sexy i hope it I sounds it. sexy on the on the final thing oh i hope so Love it. It sounded sexy in our ears, guys. All right. So I um, am getting some peppery fruitiness. Um, I'm a little bit, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little bit scared after last week to try it because now I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. I am excited to try this. Um, just based off the smell, I definitely smell maple and yeah. sweet. And maple sweet. That's got yeah. me excited to try it. Just. Yeah. Just off that first initial whiff. All right. I Promising smells. Promising smells. Uh, like I said, to me, it smells kind of fruity. It smells sweet. Um, I do get a little bit of like a mint or a pepper, maybe like a eucalyptus or um, something along those lines when I. Had yeah, something. I get like a peppermint or a mint um, smell as well, but definitely maple and and mint. Are the yeah. two coming through for me? You you mentioned fruit. Can you pinpoint what fruit it is? Any idea? Oh God, uh, fruity fruit. Wow, technical is that spelled F R O O T Y? Yes, <laughs> I think it's apple. It, t- it smells like green apple. Okay, so I'm gonna go with green apple. All right. So what are we supposed to be smelling? We are supposed to be smelling, um, fresh, a little fruity eucalyptus, mm. um. Oh, aromas of the outdoors, particularly grass, small amounts of nuttiness and vanilla, um, some rye. This isn't a very good review. Let's try to see if I can find someone who knows what they're talking about a little bit better. Um, so I just want to let everybody know while she's uh, searching for that. Flaviar does send out cards. Um, yes, with, they do. Uh, the <gasps> scent. I haven't looked yet. I forgot to take a picture of it. Of? the bottle oh it's fine i still got the jar it's okay. just not full it's just not full yeah okay, it's fine. That's fine guys you're gonna get a picture of a of empty the bottle, bottle with <laughs> here we can we can put the bottle in front of the glasses hey look there at us go. improvising look, we'll make it work okay there you go that that way you can kind of see about how much you'll get in one of these flaviar things too if you choose to go that route yeah all um, right look at that well, while she's looking that up uh they do send you cards that has the um like the notes you're supposed to be at least tasting. I don't know if it's got so much the notes that you you will smell. Um, I haven't looked at. It. I have it in my hand, but I've got the I've got it flipped upside down. Um, just a fun fact: I believe Megan, when looking this up, mentioned that if you were to buy a bottle of this, like a fifth, I believe it was a fifth, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, it was like over a hundred dollars. So this is hopefully going to be a really good one. Hopefully, hopefully. You got your picture now. Yes. Can I have I got my whiskey? It now. Yeah, you can have your whiskey back. Sorry. Thank you. Um, so as far as the nose goes, uh, <laughs> nose goes. Sorry, guys, I was late on my draw there. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I, I know. 
<laughs> All right. So the aroma is supposed to be fruity with notes of apples, pears, and plums and a spicy afterthought. So, I mean, I guess we're kind of hitting it on the nose. I don't know. No one I've read has said maple yet, though. So, yeah, I, I just have a weird nose. Um, but it is what it is. You ready to uh to taste it? Yeah, taste yeah. it. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna taste it. All right. I'm about to It's good. Join in, yeah? It's good. I, Thank God. I let Megan take the first sip. I didn't I didn't <laughs> I was excited, but I'm not dumb. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Um fruity. Very fruity. Kind of like Yeah. Like Very. a juice almost. It's it's good. I like it. I wouldn't call it a juice. It uh it's got a burn to it. Um similar to uh one we've had previously. I can't recall exactly which one we've had so many different whiskeys at this point. Um but uh I remember distinctly when it hit my lips it burned and then it would burn if I let it hit the back of my throat and this is the same it hit my lips and the back of my throat on that first sip and it very peppery very spicy um but it did have a good flavor in the middle i like the it's not nearly as i know the whiskey you're talking about and i think um oh it was for one of your topics because i was able to sit there and sip Mm -hmm. on the whiskey i believe it was Um, um it was my last topic i think i cannot remember um Yes, it was the rock rock the Rockefeller one, yeah, 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 um, I do not get as much spicy on this one as I did on that one, um, yeah, I'll agree with that, but it is still present uh for me, and yeah. um, the second sip it didn't I got it over my lips, and it was a lot more flavorful, a lot less burn on that, so so gross, but I just like hiccuped, and I just tasted pear. Like 100% solid pear. That was interesting. I don't know. I just took a drink of water and tried to make myself burp and I didn't taste anything. So, oh, well. Maybe you just have pear flavored hiccups. <laughs> I don't think so, but that'd be cool. Would it? It's pear. I like pears. You're about the only person on the planet. That is not true. Okay, there's like four of you. <laughs> Same with candy corn. We candy established corn a long gross. time ago that there are four people on the planet that like candy corn, and we all know each other, and Megan is not one of them. Mm-mm. No. All right, so more on uh, the whiskey a little bit later. We're going to keep sipping on it. Yep. You know how we do. Yep, we'll tell you our final thoughts there at the end. Um, oh, I am supposed to tell you what we're supposed to taste. Though. Oh yeah, duh. I forgot Come that. On. Man, damn, we're dropping the ball tonight, guys. We are. Um, the palate is supposed to be apples and pears, um, with candied orange peel. Okay, and the finish is supposed to be orange juice, spice, and apple tart. I don't know. I don't know if I'm necessarily getting any of that besides the apple and the pear. Um, but it's fruity and it's sweet and I like it. It does not taste like an ashtray. No, it does not. Um, I'm curious as to where you got the, uh, where'd you get that info from? The, the notes um, we're supposed to get. Cause this card is completely different. Ironically, that's very strange. Oh, well, okay. 
Uh, it's not completely different, but it doesn't have any. It's basically it says, um, and I'm I'm struggling. Do you read this from the middle out or the outside in again? Uh, read it from the outside in. Okay, I think. I, yeah, that's what I think too. It starts with uh, spicy fruit and dry and spicy. Okay. Then it comes yeah, yeah, into yeah. a little bit of citrus zest, pepper and rye. Okay. Uh, a little bit of honey, a little bit of caramel, and then malted barley. Okay. I mean, I can get that. Uh, yeah, I, I would. Yeah. I would definitely agree. But yeah. it's interesting. I guess the spicy fruit, spicy dry is the lips, and then as you get further on, you get the honey caramel. Then it goes back into the pepper, which is when it gets to the back of your throat, and the rye, and the malted barley. Yeah, I would agree with that one hundred percent. Actually. Yeah. Good it's job, good. Flavia. That card was really good. Yeah, it was. Awesome. All right, All right. guys. So, uh, this week our topic is uh, going to be a fun one. Okay. What are you going to teach me about? I'm oh. excited to learn. Oh, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to learn you today. What are we learning I, me today? For some reason, I feel like I'm supposed to hit hit a button here, but I don't think so. I don't think you are either. I don't think I have a button yet. Okay. So... I'm going to learn you about Bitcoin. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you know anything about Bitcoin? I know that I hate myself for not buying any Bitcoin when it was... Yeah, you and everybody else. Yeah. Um. All right. So, obviously, we've all heard about Bitcoin. Yeah. No, for our parents who are listening, my parents who are listening, can you tell us what Bitcoin is? Because I don't think my dad knows. Uh, so Bitcoin is an alternative digital currency that doesn't rely on the traditional mm, methods. I don't want to. I don't want to even say methods. It. I'll explain the difference between Bitcoin and a traditional currency throughout. Okay. It's just an alternative digital currency. Digital currency. Yeah. That's a that's just, a way to put it. Yeah. Take it. Take it that way. I'll explain it better throughout. Okay. So. Like I said, we've all heard of Bitcoin, um, and as you've alluded to, remember a few years ago, it was over $20,000 per coin? Yep. yep. Yeah. I was dabbling in it at that point, too. What do you mean you were dabbling in it? Are you, are you like, loaded and I don't know? I can't confirm or deny any allegations you may or may not present. What? Um, no, <laughs> I am not loaded. <laughs> not from Bitcoin. Um, it was definitely uh, front and center on every... Millennial wannabe investors list. Yep. Uh, but very, very few people actually understood what it truly accomplishes. And I think so, I'm one of those people. I think there's a lot of people, and I was until I did this research. Frankly. Okay. Um. So you're not you're not alone. I was there. I'm gonna bring you to where I am. All right. Where I is. Learn me. Um. So Bitcoin was created October 31st, 2008. When Satoshi Nakamoto published a paper entitled Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system, and it gave this paper uh, gave structure to a decentralized monetary protocol that solved the issues that had plagued all previous digital currencies. Okay. What is that? Like, what was the issues? If that sounds confusing, don't worry. Okay, I am I am confused. Don't worry, because I'm going to do my best to break it down into very uh, easy and layman terms uh, so that everybody can easily understand it. But before we get into it, let's talk about how money works in general. Money? Money. Um, can you tell me how money works? 
I I provide a good or a service. You provide me with money and I provide you that service, right? Yes. But let's dive deeper than that. Okay. All right. So to explain how it works, we need to take a look at what money actually is. Paper. False. <laughs> That's what it physically is. <laughs> money is defined as a current medium of exchange in the form of coins and banknotes. That's literally the definition. Okay. Um, if I can break that down, it's a physical representation of value at any given time. So technically you should be able to, I know you used to be able to go like into any bank and say, I want gold for cash. Like that's what it's yes. supposed to be, right? It's yes. It, um, it can represent the value of material things such as goods, gold, natural resources, and it can also represent the value of intangible things such as time and services. Okay. Hence why we all get paid to go to work. Hopefully. Some of us may not. Um, what this does is it allows us to turn intangible value into tangible value. Your time is something that's intangible, yet you can get something tangible for it. And you can use that to purchase the goods you need to survive. Makes sense. I, so, I get what you're putting down. It's been represented many ways throughout time, but we've all heard of gold. Yeah. Money's also been represented through salt and other commodities. Just whatever, you know, was the medium of exchange at the time. Okay. Um, currently, you know, as everybody knows, we have paper bills and coins. Um, so... Whenever an object is defined as quote-unquote money, there has to be a certain level of trust in that object that it is valuable and that it will maintain its value. So I can't like grab like... A pencil. A pencil and be like, this is... This is worth $100 bills or 100 pieces of gold. Yeah. Exactly. So you've got to have some kind of trust in that object that it's going to have value and it's going to hold its value. Okay, makes sense. Um, that also explains why currency and after World War II in Germany just tanked. We're going to talk okay. a little bit about that. We're going to get into a lot, a lot of this. All I right. told you, I did two pages worth of research before I even started talking about Bitcoin. So <laughs> bear with me, guys. I promise we're going to get there. All right. So this is an exciting journey. I'm already into it. Gold is a perfect example because we've all heard of it. We all know what it is. But why is it valuable? Well, one, it's rare. And it's shiny. It's shiny, but more importantly, specifically for science, it doesn't corrode. So it doesn't go away. Once it's discovered, it's here. So it doesn't get consumed like other commodities, like if you have grain or food or oil or salt, all of those get consumed. So they get used up. Gold doesn't. We don't eat gold. Matter of fact, you know, you might have some gold teeth. They may die with you, but one day somebody's going to dig them back up. Your gold teeth are coming back to the surface. That's why you can't make gold in the law of equivalent exchange. Exactly. Alchemy. Yes. Alchemists never, never succeeded. Yes. Um, Interesting. Which is a great, great uh, game. If you ever want to download it on your phone, 
get like an alchemy app and you start with like fire, water, air, and earth and you can make all sorts of stuff. Doodle God. I don't know what Doodle God is. I think that's what you're describing. Oh, okay. Maybe. Um, so for centuries, gold was used as the measuring stick of value. But over time, it became pretty cumbersome to carry gold ingots and ingots, ingots and gold coins and, you know, it just became cumbersome it's to heavy. carry it around. Yeah, it's heavy. Uh, and, you know, let's say you had a gold ingot with you and you want to buy something that costs a tenth of that gold ingot. Fucking get out the damn... You better get out the, the circular saw and start chopping. <laughs> yeah. Start sawing, because you got to cut that into ten equal pieces. It's like in the Knight's Tale where he has the damn trophy, whatever, that he won, and he, like, smacks it and, like, breaks off the jousting stick part. I, I know started you reading it. I know you don't watch movies. Oh, no, that's a movie? It's I thought movie. you were talking about the book. I don't even know if it is a book. It's oh, a yeah, it's Tale. Chaucer's it's A Knight's of, Tale. Oh, one of yeah. Heath Ledger's... Films. Oh no, I haven't seen the movie, but uh, I had to read the book for a little while in like eighth grade, and it was miserable. Uh, it was so hard; they stopped us. They were like, "You, you know what? This is too, too hard for you guys." And I was in the advanced reading program. Oh, not, I warn not, you, not to toot my own horn. <laughs> um, so that's basically where gold started failing as a currency was when it became too cumbersome to carry around. It was hard to divide up. You know, you just see how it could be hard. Um, So to combat the issue, uh, banks essentially started telling citizens, what we'll do is you bring your gold here. You've got $1,000 worth of gold or $100 worth of gold is the thing I wrote in my notes. And I'm going to give you $100 worth of receipts or bills saying, you have a hundred dollars. And so you'd end up taking, um, you know, saying that you owned X amount. So, uh, these bills that you, we received your paper money. Sorry. I kind of got sidetracked off my notes there. Um, so you can think about it this way. Let's say you have an ingot worth a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. a gold ingot. You take it to a bank, they give you a hundred dollars worth of bills and you can take those bills and uh, buy an apple for $1 instead of cutting your gold into a hundred equal pieces and giving them a $1 piece of gold. Um, So, this is essentially how our fiat money came into existence. The term fiat is Latin for decree. So it's decreed money, decreed currency. Like the car. Like the car, okay. Fiat, okay. So, until the 1970s, the U.S. dollar was backed by gold because of the gold standard. President Nixon took America off the gold standard, and suddenly the American dollar is no longer backed by anything physical that people can tangibly trust to maintain its value. It's, it's backed by the word of the government. I have thought about doing the gold standard as a topic for the podcast before. I, there's too much so. for me to get into it here. So, so if you want to do that, by all means, but I did not get into it here. I just, that little quick. Quick little blurb. But blurb, yes, that's yes. a very, that's another rabbit hole we can go down sometime, guys. Exactly. That's very interesting. Um, so when something like this happens, because it happened all over the world, I believe the U.S. led the charge, but it happened with every currency around the world, essentially. Um, 
a government basically tells its citizens that the government itself will be liable for the value of the paper money. <laughs> In other words, people begin trading paper that was backed only by the word of the government. Mm. And I can't speak for anybody else, but I don't trust the word of the government. That's fair. I, um, yep. We won't get into politics, but I agree. Especially when it comes to money. I have a small smidge touch on politics, but it's historical politics. So take a look at how they artificially inflated the price of gold in 1934 after enforcing Executive Order 6102 in 1933. Just to make a long story short, because I would recommend everybody go research this, but I'm going to summarize it real quick. FDR forbade the hoarding of gold, which was anything more than $100 worth of gold, and made it punishable by 10 years in jail, a fine of $10,000 or both. Um, as I said, citizens could keep up to $100 worth of gold, but the rest was required to be sold to the Federal Reserve for the current exchange rate at the time of $20.67 per troy ounce. In 1934, Congress passed the Gold Reserve Act, which required the Federal Reserve to give all its gold to the U.S. Department of the Treasury. It also prohibited the Treasury and other financial institutions from exchanging bills for gold and authorized the president to establish the dollar value of gold. With this new power, FDR immediately raised the price of gold from $20.67 to $35 per oh, troy ounce. Nice. Nice. Which created a profit of $14 per ounce for the federal government on the gold that it just bought off its citizens. Jesus. That seems a little bit corrupt to me. They literally just oh, stole. Wee bit. Oh, just a wee yeah. bit corrupt, my dear. So anyway, we're going to go back to talking about money and we're going to get to Bitcoin. Like I said, I promise, guys. So as mentioned earlier, money is based around the trust that the object is valuable and will maintain its value. Once the U.S. and the rest of the world went off the gold standard, the trust in money went from being in the trust, trust in the value of gold to being in the trust of the word of the government representing that currency. So whatever country or group, you had to trust them. Mm. So the issues okay. with our fiat money today is that it's not limited by quantity and it's controlled and issued by a centralized entity, the government and banks. This essentially means that the government can print as much money as it wants and if you know any basic supply and demand, uh, when demand stays the same, but the supply increases, the value of the item decreases. And I'll give you a quick little trick for understanding supply and demand. So you take your left and your right hand, and you hold them straight out in front of you, palms up. Okay? Okay. I'm doing it. Your left hand represents, uh, where is it in my notes? Just to make sure I get it right. Your left hand represents supply, and your right hand represents demand. Now imagine that there is an arrow extending from your left hand through your right hand. It's pointing to the right. Okay. 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 If you raise supply, but keep demand the same. So essentially you're raising your left hand and keeping your right hand the same. That arrow, it still goes through both hands is pointing down. If you bring it back down and you raise demand and keep supply the same, the arrow is pointing up. The price of that thing oh. is going to go up. 
And so you can use okay. that little tool to figure out, okay, if the supply goes down and the demand stays the same, the, the price, the value of that is increasing, yep. so on and so forth. It's a neat little tool. Okay. So. Super simple. Didn't super know. Super simple, simple little trick for yeah, didn't know a quick supply that. and demand lesson. Um, so let's get back to money. Because our system is centralized with no quantity limit, the government can just print out more bills out of thin air and essentially increase the supply of dollars in circulation while the demand stays the same. And yes, I know that's an odd sentence because the demand for money, everybody demands more money, but uh, yeah, you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. I don't know if they get what you're okay. saying, but I get it. Yeah. No, the country as a whole demands the same amount of money. Yeah. Roughly. Um, Are you so, going to talk on to World War II? Have we passed that yet? No, we have not. All right. Um, so as illustrated with our trick, uh, when supply increases and demand stays the same, the value decreases. This happens with currencies as well. When the value of a currency, in this case, the U.S. dollar, decreases like this, it's called inflation. Your dollar bill is still worth a dollar because the government says it's worth a dollar. But in, the ter in terms of the goods it can buy, it's not worth what it could buy previously. An example, if you look back at McDonald's in the mid-2000s, you could buy a cheeseburger for about $3. Mm -hmm. If over the last 15 years, the government's printed more money, aka devaluing the US dollar, and it's driven the cost of a combo meal at McDonald's. I, I know I said cheeseburger earlier. I'm talking specifically a quarter pounder with cheese combo meal used to be okay. $3 yep. or like $3.50. And now it's over seven dollars. So it's In like fifteen years. Doubled. It's more than doubled. It's not. It the buying power of the dollar has been cut in half. Dirty. That's what's happening. Dirty, dirty. So, and I just want to stress the impact that inflation can have on the world. Here's a little quick fun fact that Megan was hinting at earlier. Yes. Okay. Hyperinflation along with other economic factors, completely destroyed the German economy after World War I. Yes, it did. And it planted the seeds that helped the Nazi party rise to power. Yes, it did. And just keeping inflation reeled in is very important. Yes. Very, very important. Yes. Bad, bad things can happen when things go willy-nilly. Absolutely. Um, I'm sorry, guys. My uh, computer just popped up an error. It wants, or not an error. Uh, it wants me to restart, but I'm going to set it to. Let's not restart yeah. in the middle of recording, please. Yes, I'm going to do that. I have set that. Okay. okay. All right. Let's so back to it. Money. Sorry about that, guys. Moolah. So now let's talk about digital money. Okay. This is where I start getting confused. All right. You, I guarantee you've used digital money. Uh, what is digital money? Like Did, okay. PayPal or? Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Okay. Once the internet came along, money went digital, but it maintained the same flaws as before. Money is still centrally controlled by the government and there's still no limits on how much can be printed. A few examples of digital money that have become just as common, if not more common, than paper money is wire transfers, credit cards, and services like PayPal and Venmo. Um, in addition to all the previous flaws of 
regular physical money, digital money added an important new problem. If you have a file that represents $1, what stops someone from copying that file a million times and then they have a million dollars? That's known as the double spend problem. And to solve this problem, banks created another centralized solution. They essentially keep a, a digital ledger of who owns what, so to speak. And this ledger is something they keep private. They don't show everybody. It's centralized. It make, makes sense. I mean. So by giving, uh, giving an individual or a single entity control over the money supply, it creates three basic problems. Corruption, mismanagement, and a lack of individual control. Uh, what is the old old phrase? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a saying for a reason. It's true. Um, if you want to take a look at the Wells Fargo scandal in 2016, where employees were discovered creating fraudulent accounts and credit card accounts to artificially drive Wells Fargo's revenue up upward. I think one thing that people get hung up on with banks is they forget that they're businesses and their goal is to make a profit. Yeah. Um, so I want to stress that to everybody that's listening. Um, centralized control of money uh, also creates negative impacts for citizens when the priorities of those who are in control don't actually align with the priorities of the citizen. Really? Per- you don't say, huh? Yeah, really? Take a look at 2008. And what happened with the bailouts? Uh, huh. in, in this event, uh, U.S. banks, which are businesses, made poor business decisions by offering loans to people who were not qualified for these loans, resulting in the banks coming very, very close to the brink of failure, bankruptcy. Yep. And uh, that that was brought on by the housing market bubble. Um, the U.S. government decided to step in by passing the Emergency Economic Stabilization Act, which authorized up to, and this is hard for me to say, guys, it authorized up to $700 billion to be printed and used to buy these bad business decisions that the banks had made. Oh, my God. It makes me ill. In the end, only 450 to $500 billion were used, depending on what source you use. That's um, an astronomical amount of money. I want to ask a question to everybody out there. Did you feel... Uh, you feel the value of your dollar decrease a little bit right there? Because I certainly did. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, dirty. Dirty, dirty. The addition of that 450 to $500 billion U.S. dollars to the market greatly reduced the buying power of the dollar. There's our old friend again, supply and demand. Yep. Centralized control allowed the federal government to bail out these banks. And uh, these banks, which had made terrible business decisions at the cost of decreasing the value of the citizen's dollar. And the final issue is pretty straightforward. Uh, when you participate in a centrally controlled monetary system, you're just giving control of your account and funds to the entity. They can freeze your account, make it so you can't withdraw your funds, and the government can actually make the bills you hold illegal. That, you know, currently with everything going on, COVID, that would make them worth less than toilet paper. Because toilet paper is at a premium right now. Yes, it is. So. Just. Wow. Wow. wonder if I should have studied economics in 
college? I have taken an extreme interest in economics and I absolutely love it. I've been teaching myself a ton of stuff. You know this, we've talked about yes. it. I, I, I absolutely love it. All right. Well, I am, I am fascinated and we have not got to Bitcoin yet. <laughs> we have officially reached the point when I start talking about Bitcoin again. Okay. Welcome to Bitcoin. So, yes. Um, so there were many attempts to actually create an alternative digital currency before Bitcoin. There were many of them, but uh, they all failed to solve the double spin problem without implementing a centralized solution. The very problem most of these currencies were trying to protect people from. Um, enter Satoshi Nakamoto and Bitcoin. Now, one more th quick thing before we get to Bitcoin. Who is Satoshi Nakamoto? A little bit important question, right? Yeah, I, I have no idea. That's a great question. Nobody knows. Wait, what? It seems to be a pseudonym for a person or group of people who created Bitcoin. Wait, what? Nobody knows no who one this knows guy is or who, who these people are. No one knows who created Bitcoin. Nobody. It, it, it could seems be, to be aliens. It could be. Aliens from outer space, guys. You heard it here. Um, so the thing that actually separated Bitcoin from the previous alternative digital currencies is that it was able, uh, it solved the double spend problem without a centralized authority. How? I will get there. Thank you. Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever it may be, created a truly transparent, open source, and decentralized digital currency, allowing it to be free from the corruption, control, and mismanagement associated with all centralized currencies. So, you may be thinking, what does that mean? I'll yep. put it in layman's terms for you. Yep. A bank controls its ledger and keeps it private from its customers typically by storing it on a database, one, maybe two databases that the bank, quote unquote, owns. Whereas Bitcoin allows every computer that participates in the system to keep a copy of the ledger. Oh. Essentially, anybody who is in Bitcoin can see everyone else's accounts and balances and whatnot. That. Can you imagine this if it was your bank? Imagine if it was your bank. How do you oh. feel walking in your bank say, I want to see all three of my neighbor's accounts, chop, chop. Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that. You don't like that. Okay. I don't like well, it. turns out your neighbor, Joe, he's a millionaire. We're going to go rob Joe. Exactly. <laughs> That's why it's a little bit of a scary situation with Bitcoin. But since the Bitcoin ledger is stored on Millions of computers all over the world. Everybody that's participating in Bitcoin. It's, they're all constantly updating the ledger as well. Let's just say you were going to choose to hack one. Would you pick the one or two or a handful of bank databases to attack their customers? Or would you pick Bitcoin that's stored, continually updated on millions of computers around the world? I would pick the one that's just rarely, like just one. The bank, exactly. Yeah, it's in one place. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to that's deal with millions. That's why banks are hacked and Bitcoin's not. But there are also other reasons that make Bitcoin a lot more secure than I've just made it out to be. I mean, it sounds terrifying. Yes. Um, it sounds really problematic the way everybody can see everything with Bitcoin, which is the reason banks do keep things privately centralized. They don't want, you don't want your neighbor seeing what's in your bank account, so on and so forth. 
So how does Bitcoin actually get around the issue? Anyone who has access to the Bitcoin ledger can see everyone else's balances and transactions. However, each balance and transaction is pseudo-anonymous. So it's like encrypted type something? Somewhat, yes. Each Bitcoin account is associated with a specific address. This address has no connection to your identity, but since everyone has the access to the entire ledger of Bitcoin, I mean, you can go all the way back to the very first purchase made with Bitcoin, and we'll talk about that a little, little bit later. Um, every transaction is stored and it's viewable by everyone else. So let's say you make multiple transactions with your address and someone links your identity to that address, then they know the transactions are yours. You are yours. How can you not, how, how can you? Think of it like this. Let's say you write a hundred papers under a pseudonym. Okay. No one knows it's you that wrote them. Nobody will ever know it's you unless you go telling people that that's your pseudonym. So you're hidden by the pseudo-anonymity. I'm going to make that up as I go. (laughs) You're hidden by the pseudonym. Okay. But what if someone's able to figure it out? Um, So That is always a risk. And it is highly recommended that you don't use the same Bitcoin address, that you constantly change it. Okay. Like your password. You change it every six weeks. Think of it as, again, let's go back to the writing papers under a pseudonym. You write 100 papers under 20 pseudonyms, and one of them leaks out. Okay. Somebody found five of your papers. Found out you wrote five papers instead of you writing 100 papers. Okay. So. All right. That's. It it is. Okay. Definitely a risk, but it is also more secure than just everybody sees all your transactions. If you are able to keep your stuff private, that's a big if. And I'm not getting into how you keep your stuff private on Bitcoin because I don't want to get sued for telling somebody the wrong thing. <laughs> Look it up yourself. Exactly. At that, Yep. I am not responsible for your Bitcoin account getting hacked. You need to be. Personal responsibility, people. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about blockchain. I'm sure you've heard of it if you've heard of Bitcoin. Um, So blockchain is actually what allows Bitcoin to be decentralized. So to be consistent with our metaphor from earlier, blockchain is Bitcoin's bank ledger. It's the book that has everybody's accounts in it. accounts and information, everything. Cool. It shows every transaction that has ever occurred with every balance and every address. Okay. But you don't know who's associated with what address unless you are able to associate that identity. If I tell you, hey, my address is four, every time four made a purchase, it was me. So uh, let's go all the way back. I mentioned this earlier. Let's go back to the very first uh, Bitcoin transaction because we're able to do this on the blockchain. You just go all the way back to the very first one, to the beginning of the chain. An online user called Laszlo paid 10,000 Bitcoins for two pizzas. <laughs> 10,000 Bitcoins for, for two pizzas. Two pizzas. You want to know what those height, You want to know what those two pizzas are worth today, not at its height today. today. I looked this up yesterday afternoon. Oh god, what are they worth? 
over nine, a hundred and ninety-one million dollars. Oh my God, poor Laszlo. I'm sorry, bro. Laszlo, dude. Oh, bro. Um, so I'm just gonna keep things simple when it comes to blockchain. It's a type of, or it's a database style that is a continually growing chain of data packages. Um, these data packages are stored in blocks. Clever. Block chain. Uh, hey. See what you did there. Um, <laughs> the data on this chain, as I have said multiple times earlier, can be read by everyone who has access to it, which is why all Bitcoin transactions can be viewed. They're just previous blocks on the chain, and um, none of these previous blocks can be altered without altering the blocks that follow. Okay. So. When you've got it saved on a million computers around the world and you alter it, you have to alter it on, on a, million a million computers. computers. So hacking it is... Basically impossible. Yeah. It's basically completely impossible. I, as I say that, somebody's going to find a way to do it. Well, that's human ingenuity. Exactly. As it is right now. Um, so let's talk about how a Bitcoin transaction works. Step one, a new transaction is entered. I want to pay you for two pizzas with 10,000 Bitcoins. <laughs> okay. I take that deal. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, um, please. Uh, this transaction is then sent across the peer-to-peer network of Bitcoin users. So it's sent across the entire, everybody that's using Bitcoin. All the million computers all, all see it. millions and billions. Using number four is getting two pizzas. The um, The network of computers then solve complex equations to confirm that the transaction is not fraudulent. Um, Once the transaction is verified as legitimate, they're clustered in a block, and then the blocks are added to the chain and the transaction is complete. Next next chain, next block on the chain happens with the next transaction. And adds and adds and adds and adds. And the chain just gets longer, just like the ledger and the bank. Keeps filling up and they have to buy another ledger. So, all right. That's a basic, quick, and dirty on Bitcoin. Now, oh, I just uh, broke it. I just uh, did something I didn't mean to do there. Um, With all that being said, how do I get me some of them Bitcoins? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can I have, uh, I give you two pizzas, you give me 10,000 Bitcoin, please. I have exactly. no, <laughs> I, I I don't have any bitcoins, um, so don't come rob me, guys. I don't have any. Uh, so we've actually talked a lot about Bitcoin, but we've never really established how you get them. Yeah, what is Bitcoin? Like, can I just go to like Bitcoin.com and? No, no, no. Um, so, well, kind of at this point, uh, the easiest way to get bitcoins is to, quite frankly, just buy them, but. The price is, you know, almost $20,000 per Bitcoin currently. So a little expensive. 10,000 Bitcoins for two you can pizzas. You can literally do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just, oh, you can, poor Laszlo. You can literally, um, you know, with, with fiat currency, you can physically hand somebody currency and mm-hmm. they'll send you Bitcoin or you can do it through PayPal or, you know, stuff like that, physical or digital currency. Yeah, make um, trade. You can, quote unquote, earn Bitcoin various ways over the internet, such as through certain mobile games. I saw that. I don't, I'm not even 
I was too afraid to click on that, to be quite frank. Um, you can complete odd jobs and perform gigs and all that sort of stuff that pay you in Bitcoin. But that's still not really creating the Bitcoin. That's yeah. earning it. Yeah. How do you get the Bitcoin? To actually create it, it must be mined. I'm sure everybody's heard of Bitcoin mining. Yep, so, I have. Remember, uh, I'm not getting too deep into it because that's it's a complicated process, but I'm going to give you a quick summary. Uh, remember the equations we mentioned earlier in the process of the transaction? How mm -hmm. it uh, the network of computers solve complex equations to yep. confirm the transaction? So whichever computer uh, verifies the equation first earns the right to write the next block on the chain and it earns bitcoins for writing blocks to the blockchain so your computer essentially solves an equation verifying transactions and writes it to the blockchain and then you get bitcoins i feel like this is a slippery slope two like to it sounds like to me and i may i may be oversimplifying it and just making stuff up in my head but it sounds like if you have like a super supercomputer that can solve the equation before anyone else you get all the bitcoin pretty much yeah that's why people build bitcoin farms or bitcoin mines and they have rooms full of computers dedicated to mining bitcoins so yes yes yeah people do that okay uh you know uh it's actually I was reading it's actually um, not CPUs that are good at doing this. It's GPUs. That's why you'll get these super extreme gaming GPUs that come out. Yeah. GPU, for anybody that's not a computer person, is a graphics processing unit. It's your video card. <gasps> that's why these that's they sell why... out ridiculously. It's so hard to get them because Bitcoin miners are buying them because they do a better job of solving the equations than CPUs. So last year, uh, we got Houston a computer and we got him a, there's a 2080 TI in this computer, which at the time was very top of the line. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were all in discord with some of our friends and we were talking about how expensive GPUs are and they weren't that long ago. And they were mentioning how you used to be able to like, they weren't thousands and thousands of dollars to get the GPU. And I remember like going like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. And now I get it. It's because of Chinese gold farmers. You, you want to put your hands back out again? We'll do this. Yeah. We'll do the trick. All right, do it again. So the supply stayed the same. Yep. But the demand went up. So raise your right hand. Keep your left hand flat. What's that do to the arrow? Arrow goes up. Arrow goes up. The value and the price increased. That, That's a great little trick. I love that trick. I like that. That is amazing. Because looking... Buying a gaming computer today is so obnoxiously expensive for the GPU. The GPU costs more than every other component put together. If you want a good one, yes, it does. It's, wow. Yep. Everything is related. It's amazing how everything relates like that, but that's why. I thought you knew. I had I, no idea. I just watched you put those pieces together. That's yeah, awesome. I just like everything just kind of clicked like a light bulb in my head. That I'm I'm now, I'm glad I got to see that. That's awesome. Wow. That's um, cool, guys. I learned things. So now, with all that being said, this is my disclaimer. 
I already had one brief one earlier. Um, this is my other one. With all everything being said, since Bitcoin is a governmentless currency, it's a gray area as far as taxes go. Most governments have begun cracking down on Bitcoin income when it started soaring in price and people started selling them. So if you're going to use Bitcoin, be aware of your local tax laws. Protect yourself. Do your research. Don't trust me. I just did spent, you know, a couple hours researching this stuff. Do your legit homework. I'm not responsible if you put your life savings in Bitcoin and then... Al Capone went to jail for tax evasion? Not any of the other gangster shit he was doing. Yep. Just saying. Well, not even that, but like if somebody, you put it in Bitcoin and somebody finds out your identity and hacks you and steals all your stuff, that's that's all you. Cover yourself. Cover your tracks. Yep. Be smart. Be safe. Peace out. I don't know. I felt like something. I don't know if you guys could hear me, but I smacked my chest there twice. <laughs> I just felt like something needed to be said there. Anyway, so that's Bitcoin in a nutshell. Um, wow. Oof, that was a... That was a mouthful. I had so much fun researching that, and I, I honestly wasn't really looking forward to researching it. And then when I got into it, I was like, this is really cool. I had fun learning about the concept of money because you never really think – you think of money, oh, it's the paper and the coins. Yeah. You never really think about it. It's a representation of value and trust in an object. Huh. Um, so – but anyway, so with all that – um. I'm going to take this moment to make a note of what happened last week for anybody who is a fan of Trivia with Tyler. Uh, we forgot to do it uh, until we were long into the <laughs> Star Wars part. Of, so there is Trivia with there Tyler. There is Trivia with Tyler on last week's episode. It is just... It's just during, during Star, Star Wars, Wars talk. <laughs> yeah, so, so if you don't want the spoilers, then go watch Mandalorian. I think it was episode five, season two. Uh, and then, yeah, it was definitely season season two episode. Definitely five. season two. Yeah, um, and just go watch that, and then go listen to that part. Um, but I think now is a good moment to bridge over into trivia with Tyler. Do you yeah. want to talk about the whiskey first? Um, let's do trivia with Tyler, and then we'll talk about the whiskey. And All I got right. so involved in your story, I still have quite a bit of whiskey left to drink. So yeah, me too. I it's it's really hard. I know I've said this on here before, but it's really hard when you're the person teaching to actively drink and to actually I mean I wasn't even the flavor. teacher. I wasn't even the teacher and I still like have most of my finger left cuz that was I was just Well, I'm glad. That scary. makes me feel happy. Uh this is a good episode, guys. I, I appreciate it. Um, Give yourself a round of applause. Yay, Tyler. Yay. I, I should have hit the baby crying. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. So Trivia with Tyler. We don't we don't actually have a drop for that one yet. Uh, we're yet. working we're getting on a it. Jingle. Yeah, we're getting a jingle done. Um, we do have uh, one other one that we're excited to play. But we're going to talk about our trivia with Tyler. We're not going to talk about it. I'm <laughs> just going to tell you. Um, so, the same man started and ended the Civil War. Question mark. Period. Exclamation point. All right. So. Wilmer McLean. Wilmer? Wilmer. Wilmer McLean. He was a wholesale grocer uh, from Virginia, um, and he was involved in the first Battle of Bull Run in 1861. Um, 
you know, after the battle, he decided he was moving to, oh, hell, Appomattox, Appomattox, Virginia. I think that's how you say that. Um, he moved. He moved to Appomattox, Appomattox, Virginia, to escape the war, thinking it would be safe. Um, and instead, in 1865, General Robert E. Lee surrendered to Ulysses S. Grant in McLean's house in Appomattox. So, both his houses were involved yeah, in the why, first. Why the and fuck the was his house encounter. involved? Um, so, what I was uh, it, the so at the first, uh, the first battle, um, it actually took place on his farm, the the first battle of Bull Run. Um, Damn, guys, can you like go to my neighbor's house? Yep, and then like I said, he he moved to the Appomattox Courthouse and a um essentially assistant to Robert E. Lee came by and was, was like, show me somewhere around here where two generals can meet. And, um, Wilmer, <laughs> the Wilmer dude was McLean, like my living room. No, Wilmer McLean actually took him to somewhere else. And oh. the assistant was like, uh, hell no. No, we ain't putting two generals here. How about your, your house? Your that, house. Was, that was pretty, pretty damn nice. <laughs> and he said, okay, that's fine. And then next thing you know, Ulysses S. Grant, Ulysses, Ulysses, however you say it, shows up and Robert E. Lee show up and end the war there. So this man started and ended the Civil War. Damn. What a guy, huh? <laughs> right time, right place. Wrong time, wrong place. I wrong time, right place? No, wait. No. That doesn't work. Um, but yeah, that I found that a very interesting little fact. Wow. Sorry, so Wilmer. Well, Shit, he couldn't get away from it. No, he couldn't. I mean, I guess he got away from most of the war. Just literally yeah, the start the and start the finish. The start and the end is in his backyard. Yeah, literally. literally. And, his, uh, and his house. Yeah, living room. We had a cup of tea. Oh, my God, nay. She is spinning me around right now. All right. <laughs> so, I reckon uh, it's time for some final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. <laughs> Oh, that sounds so amazing. Oh, my gosh. I'm so I excited. It. That's awesome. Oh. Guys, please tell us what you think of these. Yes. Um, write us emails. We want, uh, we have one uh, for mail time or yes. mailbag or something like that. I don't remember what it says, but nobody writes us, so we don't yeah. have a reason to play it. So Yeah. You know. Email us so we can talk on the podcast about what you said to us. You can tell us about your dog or, you know, anything. Tell us. Speak to us. Absolutely. So let's get into these final thoughts on this whiskey. I left just enough for me to have one more Same. little Same. taste uh, where I can focus on it. I have definitely enjoyed this uh, this rye as we've gone through. Um, I, I haven't hiccuped again, so I don't know if I still have the peach inside, um, but possibly. Um overall it's a little bit above middle grade for me so i'm gonna put this at a strong six it's a whiskey i would buy again i enjoy it i love the story of the company yeah i thought the story was good too it was uh i, I really like this whiskey as well um uh, so 
I don't know. I give it a six. What okay. do you think? Um, I'd like to take one last one last uh, sample. Sorry okay. for the stammering there, guys. I had something I needed to ask Megan, and I just wrote her a note and showed, showed it to her <laughs> instead of just asking it on the podcast because it has to do with the podcast. <laughs> so a little bit of behind the scenes there. That's why there was a lot of silence and uh, uh, uh. uh so... Anyway, um, let me let me get this last little all bit. All right. So as he gets that, I'm actually going to do a um, shout out. Uh, we received our first monetary donation to the podcast uh, this week. So, thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, every little bit helps, and I teared up when I got that um, notification coming through. That that's that's huge. So I don't know. I'm not going to say anyone's name. Yeah, we're going to keep them anonymous. Yeah, we'll I keep think them anonymous. That would be a good idea. Um, but thank you for um, that donation. Um, and anyone else who donates, that's uh, that's huge. There, I'm. I, there's. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Speechless. We we were floored. Thank you. Uh, we can't say thank you enough. And I just want to uh, give this person a shout out by doing this. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are, and you know why that's there. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, back to the whiskey. I, I had it. I would definitely get this again, um, except for, you know, it's a $100 bottle. Um, <laughs> that puts a little bit of a damper on it because I'm not made of Bitcoin. Um, so I would honestly put it as, I'm going to go a little higher than you. Okay. I'm going to go like a seven. Okay. I'm going to go with a seven. That was, it was good. Once you, the initial burn shocked me, uh, but once, you know, I got used to it very, very fast, mm -hmm. I would... 100% sit out on the porch with a cigar and and sip on this. Yes. Absolutely. If it wasn't cold, I would actually do that once we finish recording, but it's cold. It's very cold. Um, with that being said, um, I think we're going to... Uh, we haven't talked about our social media yet, so if you want to, uh, please like, subscribe, smash that like button and... Rate us five stars, please. You know... Send us a review. Yeah, do the reviews, smash, subscribe, whatever the YouTubers say nowadays. Um, you can find us on Instagram, at Whiskey Podcast, and you can find me, at Whiskey Tyler. I don't think Megan has made one. Not yet. Not yet. I don't know if she's going to. I, I, I just put her on the spot, so she may or uh, may not. No big deal. Uh, um, I don't know if you want your personal one. I made one specifically for this. I think I'm going to turn my personal one into this one. Okay. I'm just going to change the username because it's a lot easier to. Sure. So anyway, whatever, whatever you want to do, just let mm. me know. Figure yeah. it out. I have one. I don't post anything. Um, I'm <laughs> I think working you have on it. A picture. <laughs> yeah, I have a picture. I, I haven't done anything noteworthy, guys. I work two jobs and then do this. So you that, have a cute dog. I do, but you can post pictures of cute dogs every day. I will do my best to be a little more active on there. Uh, like I said, I'm at whiskey Tyler. Uh, Twitter, we're at whiskey or at whiskey and wonder without the R because it's too long for Twitter, as I'm sure you guys have heard. I am at Tyler underscore whiskey. Email us, uh, give us some, give us some love, give us some criticism, give us some topics and some whiskey flavors, and just email us so we can use our mail time drop. Come on, guys, yeah, please. Even even just say hey, just yeah. hey, how you doing? Something we can um, put on here. We're uh, whiskey and wonder at gmail.com. It's all spelled spelled out. Uh, and then if you would like to be so kind, like our anonymous donor, 
Uh, you can find us at paypal.me slash whiskey and wonder. Um, before we uh, sign off and get into Star Wars, I have one last thing that I would like to put on the, I don't want to say on the agenda, but something that's in the works is we're trying to get a little more involved with some local distilleries, maybe get some of their stuff in here, maybe even get some interviews or get some guests shortly down the road. Um, you know, yeah. it's just, it's something that's in the works. We're working on it. It just Definitely. time, time and, and effort. And well, I shouldn't say effort because we're yet. both putting the fun, uh, putting in the efforts, but you know, time funds, it's all COVID COVID. Oh, it's a big issue. Yeah. COVID's a problem right now, but we are working on stuff like that. We want to, we want to make this better for you guys and Definitely. for us. It's, it's something I absolutely love doing. It's a fun it's little hobby. I want it same. to be more than a hobby. Same. Um, I look forward every week to sitting down and recording with Tyler. I look forward to researching my topics and everything else. I would love to make this something that I can do more than just once a week for a few hours at a time. Um, absolutely. And I, I will be the first person to admit there are times where I sit down and I'm like not looking forward to my topic. Like Bitcoin, for instance. I was like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be, I'm going to learn something, but it always ends up, I'm fascinated by water research and I yes. can't, it's, it's yes. a struggle with my time because like I said, I work two jobs and I have to fit all that around it. So it's a struggle of crap. I have to stop researching and go to work. Yep. You know, I have to stop and go to other commitments I have and I never want to, even if I might not be necessarily jumping at the bits to get into the research just because I know it's a bear. Yeah, when, once we start the research and stuff, it's hard to walk away from exactly. it. So, um, and as of right now, this podcast is more popular in just the two months it's been out than I thought it would be in the first year it came really? out. Yeah. I, um, I, I will admit this, guys, and this is a shout out to everybody. Um, we can track, we, we can see the listens... Uh, for the podcast, just to let you in a little behind the scenes here. And um, I think I had checked it on Wednesday or Thursday. This is Sunday. And yeah, we're recording on a Sunday. Um, and then I checked it again on Saturday and it had gone up. So yesterday and in like two days, two or three days, it had gone up exactly 50 listens. I was that's, blown away. You guys amazing. are really, really thank trying. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's. Uh, you guys are absolutely trying to get me to shave my beard off. <laughs> because 2,500 listens and it goes to a Fu Manchu. Do it. And I'm not looking forward to it. Do it. Oh, God. I should never have made that. It's on the podcast. It's recorded and it's happening. <sighs> All right. Well, um, thank you guys that. again. So I think that's time for us to sign off on the whiskey and learning part and go into Star Wars. Um, as always, thank you guys. Um, don't drink and drive. Absolutely. Thank you all so much. Cheers. All right. Has it been enough? Crowd participation time. What I'm sorry. What? 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 Sorry. There's a, a version of a song I like that's live, and he goes, All right. Crowd participation time. No so idea what song that is. It's, um, it's Mr. Brownstone live oh. on Slash Maiden Stoke with Miles yeah. Kennedy. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I just felt like saying it. They're gone by this point, probably. So Mandalorian? there's massive Mandalorian spoilers ahead. Megan massive. is beyond I'm, 
excited. I am shaking. I, I think I she needs to change to her pants. <laughs> that excited. Oh my god! I'm so ready. Okay, I'm gonna talk. In spoilers, go. Slave one. Oh my god! I saw the slave one on the horizon, and I lost my shit. And I know you don't like Boba Fett, and I don't fucking care that you don't like Boba Fett, because uh, oh my god. Let me just say. Oh my god. Oh my god. Let me just say, when I saw it, I was like, who the hell is driving it? Who has it? Whose possession is it in right now? But number two, I can't say Boba Fett hasn't done anything anymore. He's hey. officially done something. He's he's done a lot, but we won't. We okay, won't he fight did about he, it. in the movies, in the real life. He did stuff in the Clone Wars, in the TV show. Anyway. Um, so what do you think of it? Obviously you I, loved it because of Boba Fett. I loved it because of Boba Fett. Like he, he was a huge central part of that episode and I fangirled the entire time and I sat there and I was like, ah, the entire time. I'm so, not going to lie. It looked like he put on a couple pounds though when he, <laughs> when he had the armor on, it was like kind of pooching over his belly a little bit. I noticed that I was like, all right, it still works. I mean, it's been quite a few yeah. years, so... I, I'm frustrated they didn't address how he survived in this episode. I'm sure they will in Hopefully the next they one. Hopefully they will. Um, I, I think they will. Um, I hope they will. I... <clears throat> my, my issues with this episode were... I've already basically vocalized. Like, I feel like the whole Boba Fett thing was a more of a fan service. Um, <sighs> which... You know, it, it's fine. It's Disney. It's what they do. Um, I think it... I, As I, a Boba Fett fan? She feels serve, serviced. <laughs> <laughs> Served or serviced? I can't quite tell. Serviced. Um, anyway. They serviced me. Yeah, no, that I... That sounds wrong. Yeah, it does. That's why I said it. It was a joke. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, no, I, I think they can take this story and make it good. But I think them including Boba Fett in the first episode was fan service. Like them going out of their way to make him survive the, what is that, the Sarlacc? The Sarlacc pit? Yeah, that, that's completely a fan service. But I'm interested to see where they go with it. Um, let me tell you the one thing that really pissed me off about this entire episode. Okay. I shouldn't even say really pissed me off. It just, it stuck out to me like a stupid sore thumb. Okay, what's up? <laughs> This whole planet, this whole planet they're on, and they go to this monument, mm -hmm. and next thing you know, there's three fucking ships parked out there in the desert like it's a goddamn fucking <laughs> monument parking lot. <laughs> like, literally, there's a whole planet, and three ships just parked right beside each other, maybe even okay. four. Like, that... It, it just it stuck on me like we got a minivan over here parked in the freaking <laughs> spot. Then you got Slave One, which is like a freaking SUV coming in here, and then you got the little sports cars of the stormtroopers coming in here. Like what? Is this just a parking lot for this Jedi temple thing? I mean, they needed to all be near each other. Like the um, Boba Fett was tracking um, the Razor Crest, so I mean, so was. It, uh, Moff Gideon. Yeah, so it makes sense that it it makes sense to me that they all arrived in the same place, especially because it, it does. But it was just it it wasn't that they were in the same place. It was that they all parked beside each other. <laughs> that was really what bothered me. 
I mean, the slave <laughs> one didn't park right there with the Razor Crest. No, the Razor Crest was Boba Fett and the two Stormtrooper things parked right beside each other. <laughs> All three of them, like they pulled into parking spots. It was, it stuck out like a sore thumb. Go back and watch it again. Okay. Because it's going to stand out to you now. <laughs> Din Jaren was trying to land before and he said they had to go somewhere else to land. So maybe there was just one spot in a certain radius that's landable. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they actually do have a parking lot for this thing. And it's like a, <laughs> it's like you go to a national park and you go see Old Faithful and there's the parking lot. It makes sense. I mean, Jedi temples are yeah, legit. I, I guess. I don't know. That's but that, a thing. That was just so comical and it stood out to me. Um, Really, the criticism I had for the episode was just the fight scenes were a little clunky. But that's been kind of a theme. That's kind of a theme with the with Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. And um, old girl with the sniper. Like, did you see when they were setting up the turret? She like put the crosshairs on the guy's head and then like dove away. But then she's hitting like no scopes. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> come on. You couldn't. Don't you think couldn't, too hard about yeah, it. I, I know. That's my You're problem. Overthinking. I do think too hard about it. You just have to look, like enjoy the show. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. I struggle with that. I get I get caught up in that sort of thing. But overall, it wasn't a bad episode by any means. I'm. I was very upset at how short the episode was. I've been very upset at how short they've all been. I, I expected yeah. them all to be about an hour in length. And and they've all stuck to like the 30 to 45 minute range. That's yeah. That's been disappointing. Um, I, I am very sad to see the Razor Crest go. I was really starting to like the Razor Crest. That minivan piece of junk? Yes. God. So, oh, okay. Talk, because I have to find this meme I saw earlier today that made me laugh out oh, loud. Oh, yeah? And I'm okay. going to read it on the podcast for you okay. guys. So, I actually saw something online, and I don't remember, but it was that the Razor Crest was... Oh, I do remember. It was um, almost like Star Wars's take on the Spaceballs ship. And, like, it had a picture of the two, and they do look remarkably similar, but I've never seen Spaceballs, so I don't really... I mean, I know it's a parody of Star Wars. It's, yes. All right, I found my meme. Okay, good. I talked just long enough. <laughs> you did. Uh, I found this meme. Um, one of my friends shared it on Facebook, and it says, I love Mando's vibe. Imagine some guy rolling up to your shop in a beat-up Honda Civic. He steps out wearing an Armani suit. He opens his wallet and offers you $2 to fix his car. You tell him that isn't enough, but you'll fix it if he does the most dangerous thing you can think of. He brings his toddler to do the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's a character for sure. Um Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that episode to no, be honest with you. I'm excited to see what happens. Um I'm wondering if they're going to find a way to throw Luke in there. I mean, I think that would make the most sense if Luke senses um Grogu when he did that. Um so I saw I, an interesting fan theory on uh, the internet. I'm not going to give the site. Um, Mace Windu. Mace Windu. I saw that same fan theory. Yeah. Um, I'm into it. I'm down. I'll I'll pick up what they're putting down. I'll. I maintain. I don't know. I I maintain what I said last week, or maybe it was the week before. I don't know how exactly it's going to get there. But I am almost willing to bet money that Grogu is the reason Palpatine comes back. 
I, I, hmm. I think hope you're right. Think hope. Interesting. Think hope. I thought last week it was not a hope. Yeah, I've changed my mind. Really? I've changed my mind. Explain. I, I teach to me. <laughs> teach to me how you think. So I, it, it's been bugging me that Grogu this and um Din and the Man- Mandalorian that they were not in the sequel trilogy at all. If they are such a big impact right now during, you know, the initial rise of the Republic. Um, and if Grogu is as powerful as they're making him out to be, why in the hell was he not around during um, Ben Solo's training and everything? So I, I want it to make sense and I want it to tie together. And I think having Grogu be the reason why Palpatine comes back can tie that in while it all makes sense and puts it in a nice little bow. I'm thinking on something you said earlier. You want them to bring Luke back in. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think Luke will be the one that hears him because it's going to be hard to get a young Luke because you think yeah. about the timing on this. Yeah, he would be still He would be young. You know, 20, 20 early 20s. Does Mark Hamill have a son? I don't know, probably. Most Maybe. people, most most adults tend to have kids. So That is I want to say that's racist, but that's wrong. It's How sexist, is, stereotypical. It is 100% stereotypical, but most people tend to, you know, once they hit adulthood, hatch out an offspring. Not everyone has to have children, Tyler. I know. I said most. <laughs> Keyword. <laughs> um, what did you think about Homegirl being part of the Rebel Alliance? Uh, called it. Knew it was going to happen. You did call it, but they didn't write her out necessarily. They haven't, no. She's still on the show. No, so. Uh, interesting. Cara uh, Dune. She's so pretty. I'm interested to uh, to really see where it goes. Um, But I, I honestly, I don't have too much more commentary on, on this week's episode. It was a very straightforward episode. It was a good adventure. I called it when she was going to kick that rock down. <laughs> Um, and let me just, uh, that, 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 yeah, I got a problem with that. That dumbass stormtrooper. Actually, I had two problems. <laughs> I have two problems. That dumbass stormtrooper stood there on that fucking turret <laughs> shooting at this rock <laughs> instead of moving. Oh, there were so many times where what a during this, idiot. during this episode, Houston said it's the Prometheus school from running away from things. And you are not a movie person. So you probably have not seen Prometheus. Mm-mm. In Prometheus, there's a scene where the main character is running straight as something is falling onto her, where if she just turned, she could get out of the way. Yep. And I I can't remember where it originated. I'm sorry. It was some YouTube video. I don't know if it was on his trailers or what, but it was the Prometheus school of running away from things. And every single stormtrooper this episode was just straight, straight line. <laughs> we're not going to zig. We're not going to zag. We're going to go straight. Direct. Let I me, love stormtroopers. They're hysterical. I think this, the Mandalorian takes away all credit from the theory that the stormtroopers missed on purpose in purpose in a new hope to let them get away. 
because these motherfuckers haven't hit any goddamn thing. Yeah, they have. They hit the damn minivan. <laughs> That's all they the hit. Honda Civic. Uh, it looks like a minivan to me. Big and clunky. And mm. Anyway, the other thing that bothered me <laughs> was you watched this homegirl with the sniper rifle take out like an entire platoon. And it was like a solid like 10 guys. And then all of a sudden, 10 more guys just run out of their fucking ship. What is their respawn, <laughs> respawn point in the fucking ship? <laughs> like, oh. Literally, it's like, oh, damn, she just, took, she just squad wiped them. Oh, no, the whole squad just respawned and ran out of the ship. I mean, it's fucking, that's like the Honda Civic. That oh, little ship yeah. was teeny tiny. Yeah. <laughs> and these people just kept coming out of it like a clown car. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Oh, uh, that, that, I literally was like, is there a fucking respawn point in there? <laughs> what is happening here? Oh, okay. Funny. I like it's. It, you have to go back and watch it and catch these things afterwards if you didn't catch them. And, but it's, you, you just sit there and go, huh. <laughs> huh. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That is fair. Um, my prediction, I think next week is going to be a filler episode of the Mandalorian finding and breaking out the dude who's supposed to help him get Grogu back. I don't think we're going to experience Moff Gideon or anything. No, I think we might find out how um, Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc, if anything. If we do, that'll make that entire episode worth it. I don't want to agree with you, but I agree with you. It It's not going to make the episode worth it, but I do want to know what story they're going to give for him surviving the Sarlacc. We'll see if they just wand wave it away. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of expecting. Yeah. But I think they set it up. They set it up earlier um, in one of the episodes. They mentioned the Sarlacc and basically kind of like that it can move. I think it might have been the one with the where they killed the crate dragon. Mm. Or something. I think they kind of mentioned it in passing. Because right. I'll have to rewatch. Yeah, maybe see. it was the second episode. Um, because I think it was after Boba Fett. Because I was specifically on the lookout for anything Sarlacc related. After okay. you mentioned that Boba Fett was in that episode, because I didn't even recognize it was Boba Fett. Yeah, same actor who played Jango Fett. Yeah, I, I got that when I saw him, but I didn't even. I, I was at the end of the first episode. I, at that point, I was just like, okay, I'm like putting my food away or something. I wasn't really paying that much attention. So, um. But yeah, it'll be, I'm with you. I think it'll be a filler episode, but only one way to find out. Yeah. Tune in next week. We'll let you know what we think and everything. If you're still with us, thanks for sticking around and talking Mandalorian and Star Wars. Absolutely. Um, Man, I sure could go for two pizzas. Yeah. 10,000 Bitcoins. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Make happen. Yeah, I wish. Um, But yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed this topic. I really enjoyed uh, researching it and presenting it to you. And, you know, I've I've enjoyed everyone that I've researched and presented. So yeah, this podcast has been a great, great idea, great fun. And I I want us to go for a while. I want this to be a a thing. Yeah, me too. This is going to be one of the greats. Yeah, I I agree. And I'm, you know, I, I, some folks know, I think I said it on the podcast, we upgraded a little bit of equipment there, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm happy with the upgrades, and 
I'm excited for a couple more upgrades that we might make. And like I said, you know, trying to get involved with some local uh, distilleries and some of their products, maybe get out, do a, maybe not a live podcast, but an on-site recording with yeah some folks out there, but that's going to require a little bit different equipment than what we've got. So, yeah, you know, time, money, equipment, COVID, COVID, all the good stuff. God, that sounds like a party. Time, money, COVID, and the equipment. good stuff. Oh. You, you had equipment in there. Oh, yeah, I did. I said the good stuff afterwards. You did. Well, you know, the good Whatever. stuff still makes a fun party. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I reckon that's going to do it for us. You reckon? Yep. And shout out to Shelby. I hope I said whatever word. Apparently, I've been saying some word regularly on the podcast in the wrong tense. And Shelby can never remember what word it is. So, Shelby, I hope I said it, and I hope you tell me what I'm saying wrong. And if anybody else figures it out, please email us or reach out on Twitter or something. Yeah, I want to know what Tyler did wrong. Yeah, me too, so I can fix it. (laughs) But until Uh, next time, guys. Yeah, uh, this has been Whiskey and Wonder, and thank you guys. Thank you so much. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. You know who you are and you know why that's there. <laughs>